0: Welcome to the Vox Community Podcast. Learn more about Vox Community at voxoc.com. Join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at voxoc.com slash live and at the Eldorado Performing Arts Center. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Super Bowl Sunday! All right. <laughs> it felt pretty necessary. I don't care about football, so. <laughs> but I care about food. And great commercials, right? So that's what we're all doing. Um, My name is Andy. I am the creative director here at Vox Community. Thank you all for being here, whether you come here regularly and endure the pain and suffering that we go through, or if someone else dragged you here, which is also equally painful and suffering. So we are all in process, are we not? you can check us out on, on the internet at uh, voxoc.com, where you can learn everything you need to know about what we say, what we do, and what we, uh, what we believe we're supposed to do. Um, also, we were a, a church that was actually started from a podcast, so uh, be sure to check that out, voxpodcast.com. If you have not heard that, um, I would highly encourage it, and you will learn a lot about uh, what we do and who we are. So... Um, uh, this morning we're doing, uh, just a small handful of things. Uh, when I am done, uh, rambling and babbling, uh, Kerry Garcia is going to come out and, uh, give us a great teaching today, of course. And then, uh, we'll spend some time responding, um, in worship and, uh, looking forward to that. But, um, just a few little announcements, uh, before we get there. Uh, Bob, I'm not sure if I really set you up for what we're, we're doing today, but, uh, do you have the slide just for the podcast this week? Boom. There it is. Uh, so. Uh, one thing we did um, with our other podcast prior to starting the church was we did these things called live podcast shows. So um, if you've never uh, got a chance to do one of these, uh, we will actually be recording a podcast with a live audience. So that's going to be on Thursday night at Fieldwork in downtown Fullerton at 7 p.m. Uh, Tim Mulhoff will kind of be the topic guest, and we're going to be talking about uh, relationships and marriage and love, um, and he'll be kind of s- focusing on uh, communication as the major backdrop for that. So wherever you are um, in your relationship, matured or new or um, exploring, um, this is going to be killer. So uh, I'll be there uh, chiming in and all of that. And we're partnering actually with another uh, newer small church called Hug Church that meets there um, on Sunday mornings. And so Eddie Park, uh, the pastor of that church, will be also with us on the podcast. So I'm um, excited to partner with them. It's free. You don't have to sign up. Just show up. We'll have some drinks. We'll have some beverages. And it's, it's really just a good time to hang out. If, if you've been trying to figure out a way to you know, bring a friend into these conversations of faith and you're looking for that, this is a killer way to do that actually, because it doesn't feel at all like church. It's just us talking about uh, something we think is valuable for the community. So uh, that's that. That's Thursday night. Next week, we will have uh, this month's table fellowships meeting, so that means that uh, sign-ups are available right now on the website. Um, We have about mm, six homes actually available throughout Orange County. Uh, Table fellowships are just a home um, opened up by... Uh, folks on our team that are just giving you dinner. So it's really just a dinner party. There's no curriculum. There's no uh, Bible study or anything else. These are just our most gracious and hospitable people uh, opening their home to feed you guys and, and get to know you. And it's a great way for you guys to meet and get to know some of the other folks here in the community uh, as well. Uh, I don't have a slide for this, Bob. But um, also, Easter is only like seven weeks away. So it's April 1st. It's here. It's really early. Um, and we, ha- we will have baptisms. So we do have baptism signups um, on the website as well. So if you're interested in that, haven't done that, you can read more there. Um, talk to any of us uh, about that if that's something that you're interested in doing, uh, and we would love that. So uh, in just a second, um, I'm actually going to have Carrie go ahead and come on out. And as she comes out, uh, guys, at the end of the service or anytime during the service, if uh, if you're looking to talk with someone to kind of get through the hard challenges today with uh, Super Bowl, and if uh, God's team doesn't win, that's okay. Um, and if you need a community pastor to talk to, uh, those are our folks in the orange lanyard. So if you need to prepare your heart before we go into the games today,
1: yeah, we, kind of, we <laughs> want to prepare
0: you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I so. No, it was happening today. five
1: yeah. And the lady called me, and she's all. So my husband just told me that it's Super Walmart. Oh, yeah. We should probably not meet during that, right? Let's so to switch our meeting to two. So I'm real sportsy.
0: Oh yeah, so sportsy. Yeah. So, anyhow. Clearly, I look clearly <laughs> sportsy. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for being here today. Um, I'd love to meet you. If I see you, make sure to say hello. And um, that's it. Here's Carrie. Yeah. See you.
1: I'd love to meet you too. I would. I always stand out there. I'm the weird lady that just kind of stands and props the door open. For some reason, we haven't got like a little thing that props the door open. So it's always my body. Some of you notice this. Propping it. And like, I'm hugging you. And then like, chills. it's, I don't know. We can't afford those things, guys. Um, we're just trying to make it, guys. Just kidding. Don't freak out. Don't email. Are we going to make it? We're making it. Um, good morning. I'm so glad you're here. If you are here for the first time, I really am glad you're here. Really, truly. Especially on a Super Bowl Sunday. Because apparently that's a big deal for you to come to church. Extra points today. Uh, you know, one thing I commonly say is, I just want you to be able to breathe. When you come to church, I feel like a lot of times we go into church sometimes, and especially if you are new to church, you haven't been in a while, or the last time you were there, like somebody told me. I hadn't been to church in 10 years, and the last time I was there, I threw up. And I'm like, oh. So you're not going back to that church then? Um, I don't want you to have a throw-up experience uh, here. Let's hope that would not be your experience, but I do want you to be able to know that when you come in here, the expectation isn't that there's an expectation on you at all. We just want you to breathe. Just know that for the next hour, you can just relax, and wherever God wants to take your mind and to think about, it's okay. Okay. You're safe here. Really, truly, you are. And I would not be a part of a church. Um, I haven't been in church ministry. I mean, I do church ministry and nonprofit work and stuff. But I haven't been in the church and pastoring in about five years. And I wouldn't have said yes um, if it wasn't something uniquely special that's happening. Not that I'm so great, but um, there's a lot that goes into church, right? So I want you to know you really are safe here. And we're just so happy that you're here. So I am going to pray because I need it. I got a weird email this morning. And I just was like, really? Not today, Satan. So I just want to pray. Just like let us join together. Because I know that God has some words for you this morning and words for me this morning. Sometimes we tend to get distracted from what God really wants to do by the simplest things. And I'm not letting it happen today. So we're just going to pray, okay? God, we just ask you to come in this morning. Just come into this space, God. Some of us come with heavy hearts. Some of us come with just jaded, hurt hearts. Some of us come with expectant hearts. Some of us come with just the mere fact that we wanted childcare for an hour, and it's all good. So I just pray, God, that you'd meet us wherever we are that whatever is keeping us from what we know in our head to sink into our hearts, God, that today you would just remove a little piece of that and your truth would sink from knowledge into heart faith, God, transforming us and helping us to live more free and abundant in this life today. Thank you, God, for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have a little girl, her name's Roma. She's 7 and Roma is I Roma is my my goals. I want to be her. She mix matches her clothes all the time but rocks it. Today she was wearing a soccer jersey, shorts and patent leather bow shoes. And I was like, "Yes, all of it." And she's just like, "Everything is just awesome with Roma." Well, we had to go and clean Roma's room which is a nightmare because as much as I love Roma, she is just beyond messy. And so we go in there and I'd let it go too long and it's just piles of stuff. And I'm like, look, there's too much stuff here. We got to get rid of some stuff. And Roma, her love language, by the way, this is a side note. You should absolutely know the people in your life with their love language is. It will help you love them better. Know their love language. I digress. Roma's love language is gift giving. She loves gifts. I know you think every child is that. No. One of my sons, quality time. The other one, affection. Roma, gifts. So every single thing in her room has tremendous amount of meaning. There's like a little stuffed animal that's beaten up, looking crazy. And I'm like, hey, can we get rid of this one? She goes, oh no, remember, that was given to me by Daddy at the second Valentine's ball dance that we went to when I was four. We should not get rid of that. I'm like, Roma? We have to get rid of some of these things. And she is attached to everything. Everything has nostalgia for her. Everything has meaning for her. In fact, her whole room is essentially an altar of remembrance of all the people that she has loved and all the crafts she has made and all the clothes that someone has given her and hand-me-downs and whatever. That shirt was from grandma. I can't give it away. It was from grandma because we forgot clothes that day. It wasn't a gift. (laughs) Get rid of it. No, Mom, I can't. It's got sparkles on it. Okay, it it just was crazy. It was so difficult. I had she left for school. I had to go in there and throw a bunch of stuff away. She'll never remember. (laughs) But I was like, I have to get rid of some of this stuff. So this made me think. And and I know the last time I was here, I shared a little bit. We were talking about Abraham. I've been sitting in uh, Genesis chapter 12 for like way too long. And just sitting there thinking about Abraham, thinking about the journey he was on. We talked about being a journey person versus a destination person. And I I just have been captivated by Abraham. And I was looking at Genesis chapter um, 12 and I'm going to find it in my trusty little Bible here. You should read your Bible. It's good. Uh, In chapter 12, verse 7, it says, And the Lord appeared to Abraham. This is after God has told him to go, kind of what we've talked about. If you want to know what that message is, you can go on Box OC, and you can go on Facebook, and you can go check it out. It's on there. It's a great message. I did it. Uh, Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I am going to give this land to you, to your offspring. And Abraham right then built an altar there to commemorate the Lord's visit. After that, Abraham traveled southward and set up camp in the hill country between Bethel on the west And I, on the east, there he built an altar and worshiped the Lord. And I started reading about that. And I thought, why? Now, you need to understand, Abraham, I told you, came from a place where there was a lot of pagan worship, a lot of altar worship. And so this isn't something abnormal for him to to acknowledge altar worship. But what is interesting about this is that he is now taking what was worshiping something that was dead and now creating a place to worship something that is alive. So Abraham gets this call from God. God speaks to him. This is huge. Okay, we look at the Bible like God's always speaking. He's always talking to all these people. Angels are always showing up. Burning bushes are happening. This is a highlight reel of all time. As weird as it would be for an angel to come talk to you, that's as weird as it was for Abraham. So this isn't just like... God's talking to me, it's Tuesday. It's not like that, you know? He was like, this is big. The God of creation plucked me out of pagan worship, plucked me out of absolute idolatry, and plucked me over into telling me to go somewhere. He's not going to tell me where to go. He's speaking to me, so he creates an altar. I started to think about this, and I got, man, he must have been like, "I I can't forget this. This is one of the biggest moments in my life. This is something that I know might not ever happen again. I am going to create an altar to commemorate this moment. And then he says he sits at the altar the second time he makes it and worships. This made my mind start going to places of like, what? what is altars of remembrance? Why did they do this? And this took me to Joshua chapter 4. Uh, verse 1, and I'm reading about Joshua. Now, Joshua has is kind of like Moses' right-hand guy, and he's been traveling around with Moses. Moses doesn't get to go into the promised land, but Joshua, because he's faithful, gets to go, and right before they're going to go into the promised land, they have to cross this river. Okay. If you've been in church, you know the story. If you haven't been in church, it's a good story, and you're about to hear it. So Joshua shows up. They come to the river. The river is rushing like crazy. It's not like a trickling stream where you're like, mm, my shoe got wet. You know, it's not like that. You're like, if I walk in the river, it's going to take me out. I'm going to die. Okay? And they're all kind of like, hey, you got this. they got to carry this ark, which is a whole situation. they got to carry it a certain way. It's a whole scene. There's 12 tribes. There's lots of people. It's not like four of you are going to cross. It's like a tribe of people are going to cross. Tribes Going to cross this river. It's rushing like crazy. Joshua's like, God, you told us to go? What are you going to do? And it wasn't until they took the step of faith, put their foot into the water, that psh, it drives up. Now, these stories are awesome. You know? I believe them. I believe they're true, as true as could be. I'm crazy like that. I believe the Bible's real. So they put their, they put their foot in there. The water stops, and boom, ba, boom, boom. Start crossing over. There we go, promised land, holla. You know, it's been 40 years. I'm ready to go. I want milk and honey. That sounds good. They're going over there, right? Now, they get across the river, and God presents to Joshua's heart and says to him in verse 1, When all the people were safely across the river, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. i told you 12 tribes, 12 men. Now them in to take 12 stones, tell them to get 12 stones from where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan and pile them up at the place where you're at camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men and told them, Go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. The ark is still in there. They're still standing there, those dudes, holding the ark. In front of the ark of the Lord your God, each of you must pick up a stone and carry it out on your shoulder. There's lots of rules, but it's fine. Twelve stones in all, one for each of the twelve tribes. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean to you? Then you will tell them. They will remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a permanent memorial among the people of Israel. And I want to share with you this word memorial. This word memorial actually is the Hebrew word zikron, and it's used as an altar of remembrance. In fact, it's not just an altar of remembrance, it also means to reenact. So when they make this altar, and they pull they pull all the stones out, and they make this altar, God's like, hey, I don't only want you to make an altar of what happened. This is not about nostalgia. This isn't like, remember how God was good, and, and leave it in the past. This is about literally reenacting every time you see these stones. I want you to remember the power of what I did when I stopped water, when I made gravity stop from the water pulling down so that you could cross safely. You see, I don't want you to remember in nostalgia the little gift that you were given. There's no power in that. I want you to reenact it, the words of Crone. I want you to take it to today so that when your kids walk by and say, why we got those stones there? Oh, let me tell you you see God is not a God of the past he's the God of the present and what he did there he will do today see children I want you to know because you will forget you and I all know we forget my husband forgets (laughs) it's like don't you remember I told you that on Thursday we're going to have this meeting you never told me that I was like brother (laughs) you have forgotten my words I'm building alternative of remembrance all over my house. They're called memo, note memo. Sign it. Just talk into it. I remember that you said that. Yes, thank you, Carrie. We forget. We forget everything all the time. God knows this. God knows our hearts. We look at the Israelites who literally the Red Sea was parted for them. I don't even know how that looked. We watch movies and we're like, that's amazing. It was Amazing. As much as Hollywood could make it amazing, it's amazing. And they walk through. I mean, come on. And then a couple of years later, they're like, God's forgotten us. Let's worship the snake altar. You know? You're like, what happened? He literally stopped gravity. He, so that you could walk across safely because we're human and God understands we're human. So he says, build an altar of Zachron. Reenact the power of what I've done. Take what was in the past and what I've done and hold it now. It's what you've got. I love that then Joshua goes on. We'll skip down to verse 9. Joshua personally. Joshua also builds another memorial of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan River, at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. This memorial remains there to this day. I love that Joshua goes, it's not good enough. Just to have these tribes do it, I need to make a memorial. I need to never forget what God has called, what God has done, how God has rescued me so he builds his own altar of remembrance. This was a pivotal point in Joshua's life. In fact, right after that, God anoints Joshua. He, they said that they have given favor in the land as much as Moses. He remembers and will never forget. And if he does forget, he will look at that altar and say, this is not nostalgia. This isn't static. This is for the present. It's reenacted in the moment. I was sitting in Starbucks last night because that's where Jesus is, and I know most of you are like Starbucks. It's so the man. I don't know, guys. I just get my tea there, um, and I started. I started thinking about like God. How often I have forgotten what you've done in my life. So I was like, I'm going to start writing. And I went back into the recesses of my mind, and I started thinking way back, when's the first time I remember you speaking, showing up, loving me? And I remember this time when I was four or five. And I remember my dad sat me down on the couch. I remember what he was wearing like it was yesterday. It was one of the hardest moments of my life. He was wearing a white button-up shirt and some jeans. And he was sitting on the couch, and he looked at me, and I'm young, and he says, hey, mommy's left. What kid should have to hear that? I don't know. My dad was really young when he had me, and he was just doing the best he could. I thought, what do you mean? She told me she was going to the grocery store. In fact, she told me she was going to get me a candy bar. This is how kids think. I was like, I want my Snickers. (laughs) And he was like, nope, she's left a note, and she's going to go. And my dad, in that moment, he said, we need to pray for your mommy. Now, I'm not condoning talking to your little kids like this. Like I said, my dad was broken and did a lot of things that weren't good for my psyche, but he didn't mean to hurt me. He was desperate. And I don't fault him for that. So we prayed. And he said, do you want to pray? And I just said, just bring her back. And my mom, at 8 o'clock that night, I had to call my dad to find out if he remembered. He remembered. Walked in the door. And my mom stayed the rest of the time that I was around. It was a long, hard road, as you know. But I remember in that moment, looking back as I was sitting in Starbucks, I remember God going, I hear your prayers, and brought her back. That started a list, guys. Pages. I only brought this one out because it was aggressive. But, uh, I started thinking and some of them were really big, right? Some of them were real moments of, of rescue. Like when I was on meth and living under a bridge and God speaks through my father. That, I mean, that was, that was big Jesus moments. But there were also little tiny moments of emails from a friend when I had gone astray and she reached out and just said, I want you to know that I see you and I love you. That wasn't her. That was God speaking to my heart. Sometimes I think we miss this. Sometimes I think we build altars of remembrance to all the things God isn't doing rather than building altars of remembrance for what God is doing. And our perspective is always about what we don't have rather than what we do have. It is so easy to forget. And when we forget, there is power in every altar. Let me tell you. Every altar that you create, every altar of remembrance that you sit in, has power over your life. You have the choice of what power you're going to give into. You go, You don't know, Carrie. You don't know my life. It has never been good. I can't hear from God. He never speaks to me. I said, Sis, brother, open the biggest altar of remembrance you could ever find. He's speaking. Will you listen? Where is your perspective? I don't speak this, trust me, from a harsh heart. I do not, or a judgmental heart. I was in tears as I was writing this because I started to realize how much I'd forgotten, how much I doubt. And I know God loves me. And I know that he knows I will doubt. He made me. He knows how I think. So he says, Carrie, Build your altars of remembrance of what I've done so when it's foggy and when it's hard, you will remember so that when you build these altars and your kids are going, why did daddy lose his job? We don't have foods. I can look at them in the eyes and say, sweet one, let's not forget what he's done. And my kids start to strengthen up a little bit. And although the money isn't there like it used to be, they go, it is in God who I put my trust You see, the altars of remembrance aren't static. They're reenactments. We reenact the power of that moment. We allow it to come into our lives, not just into our brains, but into our hearts so that we can start to walk in confidence that although the world may be against me, my God is for me. This is why we are here, so that we can put our faith and our trust in God. Easier said than done, I know, because as we build stones of altars of remembrance, I think of how many times we've put a stone of remembrance of the people that have hurt us, of the ways God has failed us, and stone after stone after stone starts building up. And now the altars of remembrance Our stone wall that has completely covered our hearts and our minds and our lives. And you go, I can't hear God. God can't get in. He can't get in when everything we fixate is on what has gone wrong. And He can't get through the stones that you have made because you are so fixated on remembering what has happened instead of remembering what he has done. And I'm not saying that there aren't moments that you look back and you go, Carrie, it's been hard. Where was he here? Where was he there? And I don't have a ton of answers to that, but what I do know from my own experience, and from the experience of the hundreds of thousands of women and men that I have seen walk through this journey, is that even though, even though in the moments at our deepest, darkest moments, that God may not be changing the circumstance, I have seen him change their heart. And when their perspective and their hearts change, what can man do to you? This world is not our home. What can man do to you? And you start to change from the inside out. And the walls of remembrance that kept you isolated and stuck and blocked start tearing down and God's truth starts shining in. The cracks and the crevices. This is freedom. God says, In 1 Corinthians, Paul actually is saying this and reminding us about the Lord's Supper. And he says here in uh, chapter 11... Verse 23 and 26 through 26, it says, Paul is saying this, for this is what the Lord himself said. I pass it on to you just as I have received it. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took the loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and you. Sealed by the shedding of my blood, do this in remembrance of me. For every time you drink of this cup and you eat of this bread, you announce the Lord's death until he comes again. The word there of remembrance is actually the Greek word um, called amonisis. And what's so cool about that word is it means the very same word as the Hebrew word zikron, to reenact that it's not static. It is actually to remember, to take what has happened and live in it today. It's alive and living. God isn't saying, remember what I did and be in sorrow about it. Remember what I did long, long ago. He died for me in centuries long away, far away. No, no, he's saying, remember this, ameneses reenact it today because the power of the cross is not dead. It's living today. There is power in it. We don't focus on the death because of the death. We focus on the death because of the life that it brings today. This is an altar of remembrance. Ammonie to reenact. There is supernatural power. When you come before an altar of remembrance... When you come before a place where God is present, where you take what was there and then, and you take it to today. I went away for a weekend with some girlfriends. And honestly, I know this sounds super spiritual, but I needed it. We went away, and we just prayed for like three days. Because I'm stepping into some big things. We're all stepping into some big things. Life is big things always. Everybody's life in this room is big things. And everyone's life in this room is like tens all the time. This is how it is. It's big to you. It's big to God. I'm stepping into big things. So are you. We're the same. I was like, I need to get away and pray. So we go away and pray. We spend time alone. We spend time together. We worship. It's just, it's, it's not like we had a worship band or anything. We just, a, I hired a worship band for our prayer weekend. That would be very dramatic. Um, and I would probably do that actually because that sounds like fun, but I didn't. I had like a boom box, like an 80s boom box. We just played some worship. I don't know. I didn't have expectations for the weekend. I just needed to be with people. And one by one, they just started sharing their story. We sat around a table, like table fellowship. And we just started sharing our stories. There was no rhyme or reason, there was no curriculum, there was no, you know, discipling. It was just share your story around the table, why we eat, let's pray and see what God does. And as people shared their stories, I started to connect with them more and more and more. And some of these stories are about redemption of what God has done. And some of them are knee deep in so much pain right now that it's like, will I ever get better? And we just sat around them with arms around them, all of us crying, just like, we don't know the answer, but God show up right now. One of the girls spoke out, and she, as we're praying for her, and she just said, I just have never felt love like this. You've never felt love like this? I'm so thankful that we can be a part of this. One of the girls, there's always the creative one in the bunch, she like whittled like a cross. It was a whole thing. I was like, okay, I'm so not you. I whittled nothing. Um, She made like this cross and she had this stone in it and it was all cool and she told us all about it. This was on her time alone. You know those like overachievers. You're like, okay, great, good job. It was actually really cool though. And she then went around and collected all these stones outside. And she didn't even know I was preaching about this. I didn't even know I was preaching about this. This is what's so awesome is I never got to know what I'm preaching to you guys. God's just like, preach this. Whatever's going on with me, you get. So, so she goes out, and she gets all these stones. And she said, I just feel like God is really working this weekend, and I don't want us to forget it. How prophetic was that? Um, prophetic is a word that we don't really use here. Um, so so she, she gathers all these stones, and she gives ones to, to each of us. She's like, I just think it's important that you don't forget what happened this weekend. No, no one left there fully healed, let me tell you that. No one like had some supernatural transformation, and the things they were sitting in, like all of a sudden, they were gone. I'm not saying that can of happen. It just didn't happen. But what they did leave with, and this is what God spoke to my heart, is he said, Carrie, if freedom doesn't look the way you think it's supposed to look, Is it good enough that it looks like how I say it's supposed to look? Yes, God, it is. I just want this girl to be healed. I just want this family to be okay. I just want this woman to feel love. I just want all of this. And he said, as much as you desire that, so do I. But what happened in their heart today, this weekend, was they had an encounter with me. And that's their one step on the journey towards the destination of freedom. I'm a journey god, Carrie. I'm a journey god. So we look at that stone. And when my girlfriends are struggling, they don't look to the stone to remember what happened in the past. They look to the stone and they hold on to it for the present. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's power in that. There's power in recreating what God has done in the past guess my question for all of us here is, what do your altars of remembrance look like? Where are you focused? And I know that life is hard right in front of you. I know. Because I get it. But what would it look like if we started making lists of the small and the big things that God has done for us? What would this do for our heart? What would this do for our perspective? What would this do in our marriages, or how we parent, or how we see themselves? You see, this page is just a simple page, but to me, there's hope. There's hope all on these pages, and these sentences, and these memories. So when I get an email this morning that says, hey, we're not gonna be able to do this, and it hits me in my gut, God immediately says, do you remember? What I have done, I say, God, you want me to let this go? He said, Let it go. Okay. I said because what this one is not doing, it's opening up the door for this one to do. But you don't know what I'm doing, so just remember what I've done and take it into the present. And then my heart starts to go. All right, I can't control it. You've got it. The Bible is full. It's full of, uh, especially the Jewish calendar, is full of remembrances. You look at Passover, you know, you look at communion, you look at so many different things that on the Jewish calendar, everything centers around reenactments, remembrances, aminesis, everything is centered around this. And it is because it is the sole structure and foundation of what they believe and what they do. It's not based on when the sun sets and when the sun rises. It is fully and totally based on what God is doing and did. So their entire calendar is structured around altars of remembrances, and that's how they live their lives. That's awesome. And we do that, too. Sometimes we do that in really good ways and other times our calendar is fixated on altars of remembrances of hurt and shame and pain and I believe with all my heart that God wants to change the calendar of your life. I believe with everything within me, it's why I do what I do because I believe that healing and hope are for today and not just the golden ticket when you get to heaven. If that was the case, I could not do what I do. I could not preach the way I preach. I could not love the way I love because it feels empty. I mean, yay, we get to go to heaven. I want help today. I want healing today. I want to feel your presence today. I want to hear from you, God. And so the very first altar of remembrance that he gives us is this beautiful pages of remembrances after remembrances of what God does. You don't hear from God? Open this. Give it a try. Just, I don't know what to read. Start with Psalms. Everybody starts with Psalms. And you start reading. Psalms is written from a man who is after God's own heart, who was an adulterer and a murderer. You're in good company. (laughs) You're fine. Just go and read it and you start to see time after time again in the Psalms where he is literally verbally reminding himself of what God has done. I remember when you gave me those stones and I took out Goliath. I remember when I was hiding in a cave from Saul, how you saved me. I remember when you crushed my enemies underneath me. But Lord, I have forgotten... I need you to come in. And he says over and over again, I will choose to remember. I will choose to trust. You want to hear from God? Everyone's waiting for their burning bush. Let me tell you, it's right here. You have a choice to open it up and go, I'm not going to understand it. I don't know where to start. Come ask. Come ask your friends. Go to table fellowship. I have a question about this community pastor situation. Tell me about this. So we start to build these altars of remembrances based on what God has done, and it starts to change our hearts and our lives. I'm going to ask that the worship team would come up for a second, and I just kind of want to show you a little bit about what we do here every Sunday. And it can kind of become a little rote. It can kind of become like static to walk down and take communion, to fill out something on the prayer wall, to give in the offering. And it kind of can become just this thing that we do and we don't even know why we do it. They are altars of remembrances for you. We look here at the scroll and we think about the wall in Jerusalem as those people walk up to the wall and stick their prayers inside this wall, it is God, we are praying that your presence would come, that there would be hope for today. So when you write your prayers or your praise into that wall, it is to remember that this is where God reigns. That he has dominion and power over all heavens and all earth. So when you put your little scripture into that wall, you're not putting it in like it's just going into the interwebs. We don't know where it goes. No, it's going to God. This is going to God. This is an altar of remembrance. We also look at the tassels here and, and, and you see them on the, on the uh, walls here. This is to remember. This is about the woman who was bleeding for years and just knew that if she touches the piece of Jesus' robe without even being seen, she could be healed. And she reaches out to touch the tassel and she's healed. The altar of remembrance is that God is a God of healing. Best part about that story is he's walking and he stops. And he turns around. Who touched me? By the way, he knew. Who touched me? Why did he do this? Because he did not want her to think that she just got off without a, with a miracle without being seen. No, Jesus turned around. He said, I want to claim you as mine. Not only are you healed today, but you are identified as the child of God. It's the first time in scripture that he looks at somebody who no one wants to touch, who no one wants to be around, who in fact, if you touch her, you have to go into seclusion for three or four days. He turns around. He says, this woman touched me. This is my daughter. This is who I claim. This is the God you serve. So when you reach out to touch these tassels and you're praying for healing, you are praying to be seen. And God is saying, don't forget. I will stop in the middle of the crowd, turn around, because you are so important to me. And so we pray with hope within our hearts. We look at the box, which this is a fancy box. Ours are not this fancy. But we have this box where we give offering. And the church is so weird about the thing about offering, like, I'm going to go to church, going to ask me for money. No, this is not what it's about. This is an altar of remembrance. I am giving back financially. I'm giving back of my money as an act of worship to you. At the times that I have had little, I bring what I can. At the times that I have plenty, I bring what I can and what you ask of me. This is because I worship you, God, that I can try to hold on to the possessions of this world, but the reality is I could lose it all. It's yours. Do what you will. So I don't put money in in hopes that he's going to give to me 40 times back. I don't know what he's going to do, but I know that my world, my life, is not my own. My finances are his, and I do it out of a heart of worship. And of course, we come to the table. Do this in Emanesis for me. Reenact my death. This is my body that was broken and bruised for you, for you. I think we think of these sacraments as kind of this blanket thing that Jesus did for all mankind. And yes, that's true. But we don't personalize the remembrance, the aminesis, the reenactment of what this means in our life. It is an altar of remembrance that once we were dead, but now we are alive. I know what death feels like. Ever been there? I know what it feels like to feel so alone and so isolated and so lost and like I've gone too far and hope is fleeting. So I've got a cling. And I'm not saying you just go to it and everything's, you know, great. No, it's a clinging. Sometimes it's a clinging on those tassels for dear life. Sometimes it's clinging on those elements for dear life. It is all you can muster up is this small little bit of hope that says, Jesus, I cannot do it one more day. And he said, I don't want you to focus on tomorrow. I am with you today. So when we do these acts of remembrances today, when we walk down as a community, most of you, unfortunately, don't even know each other. It breaks my heart. Such a cool room of people with all kinds of stories, all kinds of brokenness, all kinds of triumph. As we walk down together as a community, and we take, there's power here. There's power, and there's hope. There is hope for today. So don't remember in the past. Walk in Ammonisi's reenactment today. God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you that your truth reigns. We thank you that you give us altars of remembrances over and over again, God. Open our eyes to these. Help us remember, God. Not remember in static or nostalgia, but remember with amnesis, God, to take what was in the past and bring that power into the present. You are alive and living. You are not a God that is dead. You are not a God of the past. You are not a God of old. You are alive today and you are real and you want to meet us. So God, some of us come just clinging with a little bit of hope. Some of us feel hopeless, God. So I'd ask that you would break into the stones, God. What do we need to let go of? What altars of remembrances have we placed that has taken our hearts away from you? Help us, Lord, we're desperate. In a world that seems to be falling, in marriages that seem to be failing, in kids that seem to be wandering, we are desperate to remember. Give us this day our daily bread, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, some days we just need a little reset. And I hope this morning was a little bit of a reset for some of you. And I hope today that even if you can't look back and remember things that God has done because it's just been tough, I hope today would offer you a little stone. Just a little stone of remembrance because that's something to hold on to and that you can start building those altars of remembrance with a stone that you've been given today. That's a place to start. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here, we want to pray for you. So it doesn't mean that the service is over and you can't come up here like off limits. No, you can still come up here. You can put a prayer request in there. We have incredible community pastors. I get to meet with them in the morning and on Sunday mornings and hear what they're doing. And it just, they're just the best. Like they just love messy people and it's so great. Um, so if you want to be prayed for, we have some amazing pastors over there and, Pretty much, if you just want to pull any, if you want to pull anyone aside, but the ones with the orange lanyards, they're legit. So you can pull them and ask for them. If you also want to just join us in an act of worship by participating with what we do here, we want to create a safe place for people to come in pain and process. And we really want that. It's my heart, it's the heart of Vox, and it's honestly the heart of God. And if you want to be a part of that, we would love for you to participate with us financially so we can continue doing that. And those boxes are right over there, you can go online as well. Um, If you'd stand with me, I'm going to pray over you. You can finally get out of your seats if you haven't got up yet. Um, And I'm just going to pray over you. uh, And not that it's a special prayer that I have, but just that God would be there. I like to go like this, because I'm always like this. So I just kind of put my hands out as an act of just receiving, just receive a blessing upon you. So many people are ready to throw things at you. God wants to bless you. So let them. Let them today. God, we just ask that you would continue to do the work that you're doing in our lives today. I do feel like on Sunday mornings that you just open the heavens and shine down upon us little Voxers, the ones that are coming, some in process, some in pain, some expectant. And I do believe that you want to meet us here. And for some of us, the walls are really high. The altars of remembrance of things that have hurt us are really high. So God, remove one stone today, just one so that your light, your hope, can just shine in through the cracks and begin to change our hearts and change us from the inside out. I pray, God, that you would bless them and keep them, cause your face to shine upon them. Thank you, God, for all you're doing, all you have done, all you are doing, and all you will do. And until we see your face, give us strength for another day. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. We'll see you next Sunday. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Vox Community Podcast. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash voxcommunity. Participate in the Vox Community at voxoc.com slash participate.